Hunter won't be a scene tonight, so we can bring you a very special episode of The Gen X Files. Welcome to The Gen X Files. I'm Jim. I'm Adam. And today's show is all about the, the CD, CD, otherwise known as the Compact, compact Disc. Disc. Yeah, the CD. It uh, revolutionized? Nah, not really. No, but it made it... Just like the DVD, it made it easier to get to your songs. It made it easier yeah. to store your songs. You could keep yeah. more songs on a disc. A disc. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's going to come out a lot in this show. Um, <laughs> it it did. It changed the way that we shared, stored, and were able to experience music because we were yes. able to make much longer like party mixes. Yes. And it also, you know, kind of revolutionized the whole DJ. Yeah. And karaoke. if you, if you really took care of your CDs, they would last forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, tapes, you know, cassette tapes, ca- singles and music cassettes or whatever. Music cassettes. Yeah. Whatever they call them. <laughs> uh, they, our last show. the more you listen to them, the, the more they would wear down and then eventually become unplayable. Tape. Only lasts so long. Yeah. It'll break, whether yeah. it's a videotape or an audio yeah. tape. Uh, or it just wears out. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, exactly. It gets brittle. It ages. Yeah. Just like old film. Your your compact disc uh, is more likely to, to... It'll last longer than the probably player, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Like it should, uh, theoretically. If you keep them out of the sun... And if you don't run keys all over them and scratch them up... Good, good advice, Adam. Don't, don't run do that. Keys. Don't do that. On your CDs. <laughs> Use that little rhyme. They get, they get skippy. They get very skippy very quickly. All right, well, let's get into it, baby. All right. Well, take yourself back to 1982. Nice. February 19th, Ozzy Osbourne was arrested after urinating on the Alamo in San Antonio, Texas. What? Yeah. Ozzy Osbourne? Yeah. Not Ozzy. He's so he was, respectable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he uh, he had a string of, of uh, kind of planned, like, Bad reputations. It's all, it's, it's all I remember. I don't know. Sarah! <laughs> Thank you. That's what I was waiting for. Um, it's funny because that, you know, the whole thing, I'm sure I probably told the story before on, on the show, but uh, the the bat head biting incident. That it was totally an accident, had, yeah. It was, and it was in Des Moines. Like, my dad knew some of the people working the show because they were construction guys that would go and, like, help out on the, the big shows. And normally he would – it was like a jello bat. Yeah. And some dude thought it was super funny and gave him a real bat, and Ozzy Osbourne almost vomited on stage. Well, yeah, man. I mean, how horrible. That's also, like, illegal. Yeah. And he, the guy that gave him the real bat could go to jail. It got him banned from performing in Iowa. I don't, I don't know if that's still there or not. Uh, I heard he, your dad was friends with the bat. The only other band that's ever been banned in Iowa. Do you want to take a guess? Uh, Nickelback. Fish. Really? They were they were doing a concert in Iowa State University in Ames. It's north of Des Moines. It's jammed too long. They went out afterwards, and the cr- they were supposed to meet the crowd or something, and they ended up just getting on their tour bus. There was a riot, and like the tour bus got turned over. Like it was crazy. I used to know those. So guys. many people were so drunk, and and they they literally blamed the band. That's so crazy. Like I knew Fish. I have a friend yeah. of mine uh, represented them or worked for the oh, yeah. so they yeah. would come to parties sometimes. <laughs> Like the most mellow human yeah, beings. I know. That's you know? why I love the fact that the only two bands to get banned from Iowa are Ozzy Osbourne and Fish. The polar opposites. 
<laughs> exactly. I don't even know if fish smokes weed. I don't. I. I mean, probably. Uh, the, the one of my favorite things they did was uh, years ago on The Simpsons. Oh yeah, yeah. He was like, uh, he's a real pothead. Oh wait. <laughs> Pothead. <laughs> Homer Simpson. I, I was, I've never been into fish. Uh, I know a lot of people that are, that are big into that and like the Grateful Dead and all that kind of stuff. But I can't, I can't deal with songs that are four hours long. No, like, dude. I can't do it. No. I mean, I, I've, I've confessed I'm a recovering or a recovered <laughs> deadhead. Yeah. Hi, my name's Jim, and I used to listen to the Grateful Dead. But uh, <laughs> after Garcia died. Yeah. And I mean – the. It still didn't kill the dead. They no. Still, until, I think no, they're still going on. Yeah. There's somebody with them touring now. There's like some famous person or famous, Who you know, knows? like somebody like Adam Levine or something that's like, oh, hey. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. Anyway. Uh, but <laughs> Fish kind of filled that void because they were yeah. that jam band. You know, it's just yeah. it, those, it, just those like 80 minute. Okay, this right here is too long. Exactly. Imagine that for eight hours. No, I no no I I can't. If you want to listen to jazz, listen to jazz. It's not jazz. I know. It's trying to be jazz. It's fake jazz. It's. I'm not going to say the word, but. But you know, you know where you could listen to fish on your CDs. That's true. That's true. April seventeenth, Johnny Cash hosts Saturday Night Live with Cash and Elton John and his classic band as the musical guests. Ladies and gentlemen, Elton John. Uh, the best thing about this, and you can find pictures of this online, is um, during the last segment uh, before Elton John came and played the second song. Johnny Cash and Elton John switched costumes. Oh which no way! Costumes, but like. Clothes, I guess. Outfits. You know, outfits. Um, and it was so fun. The pictures of them together, they're, they're having so much fun. Like, it's – Johnny Cash was such an amazing individual. He was awesome. Yeah. And the oh, fact that yeah. Elton John's still alive just blows my mind. I'm still standing. Yeah. I just, I just watched a clip with uh, Jack Black and Elton John on some British talk show. And, uh, like um, – Jack Black is a huge Elton John fan. Oh, yeah. To the point where Elton John looked scared to be on stage <laughs> no. with him. I think uh, as much as I love Jack Black, I think a lot of people... <laughs> He's like, whoa, 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 too much energy. Seems, yes, there is. September 3rd to the 5th, the first Us Festival is held over Labor Day weekend near DeVore, California. The police, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Fleetwood Mac, the Grateful Dead, Talking Heads, and the B-52s are among the many performers. It's a great lineup. It I've is. I've seen most of those yeah. in concert. B-52s were a great live show. Oh, I can imagine. I mean, they're, yeah. I would love to. Back in the day, I'd love to see have seen them live. I don't think I ever saw the Talking Heads. That's one that I missed. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they put on a good show, too. Uh, oh, amazing. I mean, it was like the Stop Making Sense tour. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was like a stage show. I mean, all of his thing, all of David Byrne's shows are yeah. happenings and events. Right, right. Uh, October 1st, the Digital Audio Compact Disc, or CD, makes its debut in Japan. Nice. Like everything else this month, it debuted in Japan. Didn't everything? The Walkman? Uh, everything except for what we're covering next week. Well, so far. Hey, three for three but so far. That was because it was an American company. <laughs> I know, which I think some people will be surprised I, to hear. Yes, yes, that's true. 
Uh, the compact disc is an evolution of laser disc technology, which please go back and listen to our laser disc episode for more information. Yes. I uh, mean, I'm sure you already have. Yes. Uh, or you wouldn't be here. <laughs> it's where a focused laser beam is used that enables the high information density required for high quality digital audio signals. The information on the disc is read from a reflective laser, or, sorry, a reflective layer using a laser as a light source through a protective substrate. Prototypes were developed by Philips and Sony independently in the late 1970s. Although originally dismissed by Philips Research Management as a trivial pursuit, the CD became the primary focus for Philips as the LaserDisc format struggled. Okay. Yeah. In 1979, Sony and Philips set up a joint task force of engineers to design a new digital audio disc. After a year of experimentation and discussion, the Red Book CDDA standard was published in 1980. That's crazy. And it's also cool, like, thinking of people in a lab creating a new delivery system for music. Well, this is something I didn't talk about in the LaserDisc episode at all, but, like, they they essentially called them the Rainbow Books because there was different colors for the standard of how to make everything. Mm -hmm. And... And it was like, literally, they were like, okay, we've made this. If you don't make it up to the standard, then you can't sell it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was just so that it was quality over, over quantity, although God knows they sold a lot. Well, they got the – once they – just like video cassettes, once you get your manufacturing system down, yeah, then it's cheapy cheaps. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Phillips coined the term compact disc in line with another audio product, the compact cassette, and contributed to the general manufacturing process based on video laser disc technology. Phillips also contributed 8 to 14 modulation, which is known as EFM, a line code heavily directed by Dutch engineer Keys Schuhammer Immink. Yeah, I see. I was working on the I E F M. E F M, yeah. I invented it. He essentially did. <laughs> I mean, and it's super weird. I am the granddaddy of your ears. Uh, I never knew that EFM meant 8 to 14 modulation. And after doing research, still don't really get it. <laughs> uh, let me explain it to you. <laughs> it's something to do with how it reads the disc or something. I Yes. Okay. You're on to this. Okay. You're on to it, mister. Uh, EFM would be used more in, in a more developed format for DVD and Blu-ray. It would win Imink a personal technical Emmy in 2004, along with a ton of other awards. I'm going after my EGOT. I mean, literally, we would not have the, the CD, DVD, Blu-rays if it wasn't for this one Dutch engineer. No, and we wouldn't have that if it weren't for LaserDiscs. Yeah. Yes. You know? Yes. It's, uh, and we wouldn't have that if it weren't for NASA. And we wouldn't have NASA if it weren't for Sam Rayburn. What? Okay. Right. How did NASA get into this? Yep. Okay. Sony contributed the error correction method, CERC, which offers resilience to defects such as scratches and fingerprints, uh, that was also developed by Key's Schuhammer Immink. That's right. Always. His fingerprints are all over your CDs. Ah, it's so awesome. My juices. Uh, he should have spent more time on it because God knows I had so many CDs that one bare, bare scratch and it would just would be like, nope. Well, yeah. It's, when you dropped your CD, it was tragic. Oh, it was awful. Awful. A CD is composed of a thin layer of aluminum or more rarely gold applied to the surface, making it reflective. The metal is protected by a film of lacquer, normally spin-coated directly onto the reflective layer. The label is printed on the lacquer layer, usually by screen printing or offset printing. Yeah. Do you remember uh, gold CDs? I remember them, yes. Supposedly, because I was working at Kmart at the time, supposedly uh, the gold disc was higher quality. Okay. Like it would sound better. 
Is that something to do with the metal? The, yeah, the because metallurgy? the way, the way that instead of aluminum, it's gold, and it would be it would conduct better or something, or reflect the laser better, I guess. Okay, it's uh, richer. The, the only CD, gold CD I got was Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Nice. And it sounded amazing, and it looked cool because it was gold. But, of course, they charged like an extra 10 bucks or something for each. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was yeah. the thing. It was, it was, there were a lot of gimmicks, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll get into a ton of the gimmicks. Uh, so the first test pressing was of a recording of Richard Strauss's In Alpine Symphony, recorded December 1st to the 3rd, 1980, and played by the Berlin Philharmonic and conducted by Herbert von Karajan, who had been enlisted as an ambassador for the format in 1979. It was classical music that kind of drove the CD because the, the, uh, the thought process was that the only people that are going to be able to really afford this at this time yeah. are rich people. And what are the richies like? The audiophiles, they like the classical music. They like their snoots, their snooty <laughs> snoots. Put some opera and some classy on there. I also really like the fact that they hired a quote-unquote ambassador for the format. It's like, I'm the CD ambassador. Well, that's what they did. All, I mean, they did that with Atari and everything. I know, I know. With new technology, people are like, ooh, they get their pitchforks and their... You know, well, they're, they're yeah. torches, and they're like, no, we don't want it. And yeah. Usually it's the industry that does that. <laughs> True, but then they push the consumer yeah. to be. Well, the consumer also, I do remember the backlash to the CD of oh, like, yeah. really? I mean, we just bought all our cassettes yeah. Yeah. from the albums, and we tried this with the eight tracks, and where did that take us? Yeah, yeah. And uh, you how know. many more times do I have to rebuy my music library? Right, and then and their argument was like, never again. This uh, is I, it. <laughs> The answer was once, yes, <laughs> when uh, when everything went digital, and then not because right. Spotify is literally everybody on Spotify. Ugh. But what? I Yay, know. Spotify! I, I don't I, mean I, I, know. I know you're listening. to Spotify is great. <laughs> um, maybe, uh, but uh, I love Spotify. But I, of course, yeah. look, it's the dream, man, to be able to listen to all of your music all the time, anywhere. That's yeah. great. One of the smart things that they did do yeah. was that they. They didn't release very many CDs at the beginning. No, no. So it was it was manageable, and it, and it yeah. created like it created a a need and a want for more product because it's yeah. like, well, I got these. When am I going to get Springsteen's? You know, well, yeah, Thunder Road. It's like Is the classical stuff. Yeah, Thunder Road. <laughs> the classical stuff sounded fantastic, and so when people would hear it, they'd yeah. be like, well, but I want to listen to Springsteen. That sounds that good, right? It was yeah. the, also classical was a really good ambassador for the sound yes. because yes. it really did demonstrate the right. crispness and the clearness, right? Right. You know, and then, oh, let's just have the argument between that and LPs. and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first public demonstration was on the BBC television program Tomorrow's World in 1981. Hello, and welcome to Tomorrow's World. Today we're going to have an insane demonstration of a brand new musical entertainment system called the Compact Disc. Now, look at it. You can look at your face in it. It's also a compact for your face if you want to put your lipstick on, ladies. Yeah, kind of. Mm. Uh, the album they played was the Bee Gees' Living Eyes in 1981. From 1981. And now for musical listening pleasures, the Bee Gees' The Living Eyes. The first commercial compact disc was produced on August 17th, 1982, a 1979 recording of Chopin Waltzes performed by Claudio Arau. Nice. That's a good one. Yeah. Very first... Classical. That's how they went. Yeah, just like uh, video, the first thing is porn. <laughs> and audio, the first thing's classical. Uh, the first 50 <laughs> titles were released in Japan on October 1st, 1982, the first of which was a re-release of the Billy Joel album 52nd Street. Okay. 
did not even know that Billy Joel had an album named 52nd Street. Much like being a reformed Grateful Dead fan, I am a reformed Billy Joel fan as well. Billy Joel falls into that weird, like those early 80s like guys that got big in there, like Springsteen and, and Billy Joel, and I, I want to say, even to an extent for me, Elton John. Sure. Like, I'm just not into them Well, at the all. problem is, is... 70s Billy Joel and 70s Elton John and 70s these guys, yeah, you know, were better, a much better, yeah, you know, because they're young and they're just starting out. Like early Billy Joel is kind of like Tom Waits oh, in really? terms of being a troubadour. Yeah, you know? I don't. I've I've just bottle broken of them red, off. Bottle of White. I mean, perhaps a bottle of Moonlight. Oh, anyway, uh, <laughs> I t- I only know him from like I mean I the first song I ever heard from him was Uptown Girl. Well, then, yes. And it's like, I was like, Ugh. Possibly his Even worst song. at like six, I was like, this is awful. Well, I can think the worst song is, We Gonna oh, Start yeah, the no. Fire. We Didn't Start the Fire. Which he actually, when he play, he has to play it live because he knows people want to hear it, but he literally makes fun of it when he's performing it. Look, he's got a good sense of humor about that stuff. And yeah, I, I really, early Billy Joel, you should listen to his early stuff. Okay. And stay away from the Uptown Girl, 80s, 80s doo-wop 80s, crap. 80s, yeah, yeah. You know? It, yeah. You might as well just listen to Bruce Willis's The Return of Bruno <laughs> at that point. I would rather listen to Bruce no, Willis. Oh, you wouldn't. Oh, I, I do. That's how I much I don't album. like Billy Joel. I don't think I had it on CD, but I did have Return to Bruno. There was a guy that we worked with at, at the theater who hated Billy Joel with such a passion. And... Every single time he walked in, I would play Billy Joel nice. because he hated him so much. Oh. It was great. Did you not like this person? No. <laughs> he was kind of I was going to say, who is it? But no, he was I a can't. bit of a douchebag. So. Really? Give me the he's first not, letter of the first name. He's, uh, I think he's performing in, in um, I think he's doing musical stuff in uh, cruise ships and stuff. Like, I think oh. he's out. So, right. I mean, yeah. Anyway, I, we got, I got along fine with him. He's just, it was just his, his, Rage about Billy Joel was just so humorous to me. I get it. I kind of feel that way about the Beach Boys. Oh, I know. <laughs> and and one of the very first CDs I ever bought, which we'll get to. <laughs> After the commercial release in 1982, compact discs and their players were extremely popular, despite costing up to $1,000. Over 400,000 CD players were sold in the United States between 1983 and 1984. Yeah, that's 80s. You could buy a pretty decent car for $1,000, used car for $1,000. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, the first artist to sell a million copies on CD was Dire Straits with their 1985 album Brothers in Arms. I really like Dire Straits. Oh, yeah. No, the Sultans of Swing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good song. I, I don't mind Dire Straits. There was a song that had a saxophone opening, and I okay. learned that saxophone part because I love that song so much. Oh, now. wow. What it wow. Is. But the Dire Straits <laughs> were really cool. Uh, Mark Knopfler. Knopfler. Didn't yeah. you do the music for Princess Bride? He did. Did he? Yeah. Mark that Knopfler. sounds familiar. Yeah. Well, if you listen to the soundtrack, it sounds very Dire Straits. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. One of the first CD markets was devoted to reissuing popular music, whose commercial potential was already proven. The first major artist to have their entire catalog converted to CD was David Bowie, whose first 14 studio al- albums of then 16 were made available by RCA Records in February of 1985, along with four greatest hits albums. His 15th and 16th albums had already been issued on CD by EMI in 83 and 84, respectively. Very smart of him to get on the cusp of the new... That's That doesn't surprise me no. at all. David Bowie seems like, I'm just going to keep pushing. Well, like, because he just saw it as a way to get more people to listen yeah. to his music and yeah. have his music sound better, I guess. You know, it's yeah. it's a smart move. If, you're, if there's only like 50 CDs available, 
Yeah, gonna, and 15 of them are yours. <laughs> yeah, you know? it's like, hey, guess what? Sales are up. Uh, do you remember what your first uh, CD was that you bought? I don't. I don't even remember. I think my first CD player might have been in like 84. Oh, wow. Or five. And it was a Christmas present. And it was with my stacks, you know, my stack yeah. stereo, yeah, my yeah. double cassettes and stuff. But I don't remember. I really don't rem. I don't remember CDs like I do, you know, the records that I bought and yeah, the tapes that yeah. I bought. Um, the only one that really sticks out to me is in college. I, in college, I really remember going to the CD store in Boston yeah. with your friends and, you, you know, grabbing the whatever. And I just, the, the one that really sticks out to me is the New Order Substance album. Oh, I just yeah, remember yeah. that. It was this beautiful white double. And I think it was one of the, I really liked the cardboard albums that were kind of yeah, like yeah. record sleeves and you could yeah, pull yeah. them out of the side and stuff. And, but no, what was your first? Uh, I actually two. Uh, I bought two at the same time. Uh, one was the Doors soundtrack, the Oliver Stone movie, the Doors soundtrack. Nice. Yeah, it, for whatever reason, I liked the cover because it was like you know uh, Jim, quote unquote Jim Morrison, Val Kilmer with his like hair on fire, essentially. Like it was all. It was a cool like poster. Sure. But I loved the Doors, and so and it was like, well, they don't have a like a best of album, so it's I'm getting the soundtrack. And it wasn't. Val Kilmer singing the No, doors, it was right? all the doors. Okay. It was no, 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 no. It was essentially a best of album for the doors. Nice. Um, but it was also the weird thing when I bought it. I think it was like a Sam Goody or something, but it had the, I think it had been bought and returned and they had like a chunk taken out of the jewel case. Oh. Like they would cut out like pieces of it. Yeah. And I, like, so that way I guess they knew it was used or yeah. something rather than just putting a sticker on it or something. Right. Like know. you couldn't just take a new jewel case and stick yeah. it in. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Not like the jewel cases cost so much money that it was like whatever. But the other one, which was brand new, um, was Pearl Jam's 10. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, loved that album so much. I uh, I loathe Pearl Jam. And I, I, I went to this show. My friends, I was coming back from somewhere, and a f- a couple of friends of mine surprised me, picked me up at the airport, and took me to this show. Uh, it was this anti-nuke show. I forget what it was yeah, called. Hosted yeah. by Tim Robbins. But it had all these oh. really great... The reason why they took me is because Tom Waits was one of the... Oh, nice. nice. I think I've talked about this before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that little bit of Tom Waits, the hour that he played, was the best concert I've ever seen. Oh, before. nice, nice. But one of the performers <laughs> was Eddie Vedder. <laughs> that guy was like... Sitting on some pillows with his back to the audience, playing his little sitar or whatever. The most pretentious (laughs) son of a bitch I've ever seen. It's just everything. I'm sure... I'm overreacting and whatever, but I, grr, yeah. grr, it's just the... I, I know, I know. It was one of the first bands I could sing along with. Me, uh, I, for me, it was that I when I, when I first heard Pearl Jam, I was like 12. Yeah. And it was like not like anything I'd heard. Oh, I get it. I 100% I, get yeah. it. And I also think I was a Nirvana guy. Yeah. And I think that, you know, a lot of Nirvana people weren't Pearl Jam people for right. whatever stupid right. reason. I know. I liked both. I, my brother was big Nirvana, right. not Pearl Jam. And, yeah. But it's just, there was, it just seemed, the authenticity of Kurt Cobain yeah. 
seemed countered by the poserness <laughs> of Eddie Vedder at the time. He's you know? been fighting that his whole life. This is why he was like the no nuke stuff. Like he's been doing all that stuff for a long time. Yeah. But I think it's. But I think you're right. I think it's because Kurt Cobain did not have to try. He just was. It was just him. And he was captivating. Yeah. You yeah. know. It, yeah. It, it's just and. Apologies to uh, Eddie Vedder. I'm sure he's a great guy, but I, I was a huge. I don't really listen to Pearl Jam anymore, but I was a huge Pearl Jam fan. It's okay. I've man. never seen them live, uh, which now I wouldn't want to. Right, technically, but, uh, I haven't either. I just saw him. Yeah, yeah. But I, but I love that album. I, it was great. I, it was just one of those. It felt very, uh, like I felt very independent listening to it. Yeah, you know, like I, it was like, oh, my parents don't listen to this. You yeah, know, I mean, I get it. Also, when you're younger, that was yeah. a yeah. yeah. That was a crazy show. Annie DeFranco was there. And oh, I nice. love it. And nice. uh, God, a whole bunch of other people. And then the only person that had everybody come out and play with them was Tom Waits. And everybody came out and sang a song. It was <laughs> nice. so great. Nice. Yeah, That's awesome. That would be cool. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, those two CDs were the, the ones. All right. I would Sorry. Have, I would have broken one of them in front of you as a little boy. Yes, that's why we weren't friends back then, Jim. Drunkenly done yeah, it. I was 12. You would have been, like, 21 and been yeah. like, F you, kid. If I was drunk, I probably would have done yeah. it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the growing acceptance of the CD in 1983 marks the beginning of the popular digital audio revolution. It was enthusiastically received, especially in the early adopting classical music and audiophile communities, and its handling quality received particular praise. Uh, as the price of players gradually came down, and with the introduction of the portable Discman, the CD began to gain popularity in the larger popular and rock music markets. Yeah, just like DVDs and VCRs and everything, once the player becomes yeah. reasonable, right. which is usually a year or two later, well, that was my very first one that I got was just like a standalone boombox, but it had the CD thing on the top, oh, nice. and which was great. But then, like I think a year later, my parents gave me a disc man, and I was like, "That's perfect," because then I can sit in my room alone and you don't hear my music; it's just yeah. me, you know. Yeah, yeah. The disc man was the best because it was it. It took your CDs into Walkman territory. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Although you couldn't really. You, the Discman you, was mostly just to sit and listen you, to you. You moved it all. It was just. That's yeah. all it was. Yeah. Sounds like Pearl Jam. Yeah. yeah actually, that was even flow. <laughs> <laughs> By 1988, CD sales in the United States surpassed those of vinyl LPs. And by 1992, CD sales surpassed those of pre recorded music cassette tapes. Nice. Yeah. It's crazy. And true audio file. Yeah. Would always say, but the warmth of the LP is much I, better than the cracking and the popping of the sound. Technically, there's no compression with LPs, with vinyl. That's the only drawback with CDs, is that the compression. But, uh, yeah. And, and I, I uh, working in post-production, like, I had people come up, and they were so adamant about how, I can't listen to CDs. I can't. And I was like, well, Okay. No, that's <laughs> like, dumb. It's fine. Can you listen to the radio? It's like it just doesn't – it's not compressed enough, you know, or it's too compressed. I, I don't know. It's dumb. But I do I, – I guess, you know, I have an LP collection that I yeah. just inherited. It's yeah. not like yeah. I have yeah. been doing anything to it. since. <laughs> <laughs> so watching the cat try to tear it apart. Oh, my God. This <laughs> uh, makes me so mad. Um, but I do – when I listen to music, I'll usually put on a record. Yeah. I know, and you should. I mean, that's. I mean, honestly, if I had the space and the setup, I I would totally do vinyl. Yeah, I I like. I do like the hisses and pops and crackles because it sounds like they're right there, like they're in the room. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just. But I also have a thousand CDs that I never listened to too. Right, you know, because right. now it's just why. 
Yeah, I know. I know. You know? I, I, I started digitizing my LPs, and it was also, and I need to do it, but it's also like, what? Yeah, why? Why? Why am I doing this? <laughs> yeah, what is, what's the point? Yeah, because so, it's just it's all the same crackle and pop. Uh, and everything. Yeah, yeah. It's, it sounds like it's vinyl. Yeah. In 1988, 400 million CDs were manufactured by 50 pressing plants around the world. Good Lord. That is a lot. The success of the compact disc has been credited to the cooperation between Philips and Sony, which together agreed upon and developed compatible hardware. This was the golden age of music, too. This yeah. was when artists were making money, record companies were making yeah. money. Well, of course, artists weren't making as much as they should because record companies agree to bees. They never do. But yeah. uh, this was really... The golden age. Yeah. Uh, you know. And, and it, yeah, when, when it got to the point where you could be pressing your own CDs and, like, it was so easy, it was cheap. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and it was a – the thing about physical media is there's units. And when units sell, you get a certain amount of money. And with streaming, you get, like, a quarter of a penny oh, for no, every time. Yeah. Like, eight million listens, you get maybe four cents. Yeah. And like, that's, it doesn't make any sense. It's ridiculous. So yeah. it, it really gave – a, a much more clear picture of how much the artist was making, right? How much the company was making, right? And you couldn't really hide that stuff. It's just streaming has made it extremely difficult in any form, whether it's film or music yeah. or whatever. Streaming, surprise, surprise, is horrible <laughs> for the artist. Yeah, because it's like we don't really know what's going on in there, right? And then the people are like, well, we don't know how to pay you. So, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. The company, the billion dollar company's like, we can't figure the math we out. Can't figure sorry, it out. sorry. Well, you could figure out Zaslav getting two hundred fifty million dollars for being d bag. Yeah, I'm coming after you, Zazzy. Well, this is exactly the reason why in the new year we're going to start releasing this show on a weekly CD. Yeah, and- by mail order. <laughs> <laughs> Email us at genxfilespodcast at gmail.com and put us on put you on the mailing list and we'll get a new CD every week. And we don't want to stymie you, so we'll also offer an LP, a cassette tape, a guess, or a VHS or Laserdisc copy. Yeah, there you go. Well, Laserdisc can be hard to do. <laughs> don't forget to play the Atari game next Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the unified design of the compact disc allowed consumers to purchase any disc or player from any company and allowed the CD to dominate the at-home music market unchallenged. It's funny. This kind of seems like the only one that didn't have a, a, a turf war. A competitor. Like a, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was because the two companies got together and said, look, we're going to make a ton of money at this. Right. Like, let's do this. Well, I think and they also learned their lesson with the Betamax yes, VHS battle. Yeah. Sony certainly did because they lost that. Well, they didn't learn it when the they didn't learn with the HD DVD Blu-ray battle. I mean, Sony did. They tried. Yeah. No. No. I did. I know. I know. Short memories in business. (laughs) You gotta gotta (laughs) find your universal delivery method, and everybody wins. Yeah. Yeah. The CD was primarily planned as the successor to the vinyl record for playing music rather than as a data storage medium. However, CDs have grown to encompass other applications. In 1983, following the CD's introduction, Imink and Joseph Brott presented the first experiments with erasable compact discs during the 73rd AES convention. Ooh. Crazy. I remember when they were talking about this. And yeah. I was like, how? How do you erase a, a, a laser? Like, it didn't make any sense to me. Well, it's just you smooth over the... Yeah. I mean, it would be... The, the, the machine to do it was huge. Yeah, but it also... There was only... It was only rewi- rewritable so many times. Right. Because... Before it would just go away. Yeah. Yeah. 
1985, the computer-readable CD-ROM, read-only memory, and in 1990s, recordable CDR discs were introduced. I wonder how many people knew that ROM meant read-only memory. Uh, unlike RAM, which is random access memory. Right. Yeah. And Rammstein, which is a band. <laughs> That's correct. Recordable CDs became an alternative tape for recording and distributing music and can be duplicated without degradation in sound quality, uh, which is good. That's the other thing, too. Like, when you're, like, for you as an independent artist, if you're trying to release a cassette, oh, yeah. like, taping it over, your masters are going to wear down so yeah. fast. Yeah. It also allowed everybody to come up to you on the street and be like, you want to hear my mix CD? Yeah. You want to yeah. hear my mix CD? Take my mix CD. Here, take my mix CD. You want to hear my mix CD? Or they would just put it in your hand yeah. and then be like, that's $5. <laughs> ah. Yeah. Uh, other variations of the compact dis- disc include CD text, which allows for the storage of additional text information, like album names, song name, and artist on a standards-compliant audio CD. Yeah, you could play that in your like LaserDisc player, and it would generate yeah. stuff on your TV. Like There were different yeah. picture discs they tried they did all these different experimentations with different stuff well that's not cd cd the cd disc and graphics right would do that yeah sorry i got no it's okay the text was just like your like if you put it in your car it would pop up saying what the track was right yeah which was really impressive which is i mean honestly when i first saw it i was like hey that's that's great because i'm terrible (laughs) at remembering track names uh, the compact disc, disc in graphics is a special audio compact disc that contains graphics data in addition to the audio data on the disc which is you would they would use it a lot for uh, like karaoke, right? Uh, the disc can be played on a regular audio CD player, but then when played on a special CD plus G player, it can output a graphic signal. Typically, the player is hooked up to a television set or a computer monitor. They almost exclusively used to display lyrics on a television set for karaoke performers to sing along with. Right, it became big, and they were cheaper to produce than the laser disc, which still was being made and right. being used for karaoke. Well, yeah, I think you could. Put more songs on the Laserdisc, plus the quality yeah. was better. Yes, yes. CD plus extended graphics, uh, CDEG, also known as CDXG, is an improved variant of the compact discs and graphics format. Very few, if any, CD and EG discs have been published. They are actually extremely rare and very expensive. Okay, look through your collection, people. Yeah. Super Audio CD, do you remember SACD? I remember the scam that was SACD <laughs> and how they tried to perpetrate it on us, and everybody was like, nope. It's a uh, high-resolution read-only optical audio disc format that was designed to provide higher-fidelity digital audio reproduction than the Redbook standard. It was introduced in 1999. It was developed by Sony and Philips again. Uh, SACD was in a format war with DVD audio, but neither replaced audio CDs. No, and this was the one that you could throw in your DVD player, your laser disc player, and it would you could play video. They would have yeah, music videos yeah. on it, and so it was kind of a DVD CD hybrid. Uh, I remember when Super Audio CD and DVD Audio came out. I was working at Kmart at the time. Yeah. Uh, I think it was during the summer, during college. And, uh, and I remember there being just two little racks. And then by the end of the summer, they were gone. (laughs) It was like, because nobody was buying them. No, because it was, what, 20, 25 bucks for an SACD? Yeah, it was expensive. And and everybody was like, I just bought this on regular CD. I'm not doing this again. You're not getting me. The, the better sound quote quote higher fidelity like a normal person's not going to hear the difference no, not at all 
CD MIDI is a format used to store music performance data upon which playback is performed by electronic instruments that synthesize the audio. Ah, all my musician friends had the MIDI. The MIDI. Yeah. Yeah. Video CD is a standard digital format for storing video media on a CD. Uh, VCDs are playable in dedicated VCD players, most modern DVD video players, personal computers, and some video game consoles. The VCD standard was created in 1983 by Sony Phillips Matsushita and JVC and is referred to as the White Book Standard. All right. Uh, overall picture qualities intend to be comparable to VHS video. Poorly compressed VCD video can sometimes be of lower quality than VHS video. It was kind of a gimmick. It was like watching it through a potato. It was. It was always there was, every yeah. VCD I saw was awful. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, this also led to the Super VCD, which had 2.7 times the resolution of VCD, but only two thirds of the resolution of DVD. Yeah. Super sucks. Yeah. Super sucks. Is right. Uh, CDI is an interactive multimedia compact disc designed for CDI players. See, this is when you realize that it's dying. Yes. Because there's so many little teeny differential they, and, and trying just, to recapture that magic so hard. It's like. You know, what they were doing with the Walkman before they died yeah, and what yeah. they did with Laserdisc players before it died. It just, you, you can smell the desperation. Yeah, uh, CDI discs can contain audio tracks that can be played on regular CD players, but CDI discs are not compatible with most CD-ROM drives and software. This is the thing, too, is a, a lot of these companies wanted to have their own hardware yes. as a they peripheral trying, yeah, you, for you, your computer. Yeah. You gotta buy this, right? Yeah. It's just like the orb drive and different storage yeah. drives. You yeah. would have to buy that drive to use the storage, yeah, system. You know, yeah. and, and it, the, the 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 draw was more storage capacity, but right. how many people had a friggin' orb? Yeah. What are you You'd gonna have do? to bring it all with yeah, you if yeah. you wanted to transfer it to somebody else. <laughs> Stupid vinyl disc is the hybrid of a standard audio CD and the vinyl record. Finally! The vinyl layer on the disc's label side can hold approximately three minutes of music. Awesome. Yeah, I don't... Whoever wanted that? It's like the RoboCop of <laughs> It vinyl. doesn't make any sense. Uh, CD sales in the United States peaked by 2000. By the early 2000s, CD player had largely replaced the audio cassette player as standard equipment new automobiles, with 2010 being the final model year for any car in the United States to have a factory-equipped cassette player. Yeah, we talked about this on one of the other shows, uh... I bought an Infinity that had a cassette player, but it was also my first actual factory CD player. It was like a oh, CD yeah. changer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got like the the super sound system package or whatever. Yeah. And, oh, man, there was like a thousand speakers. It was so great. Yeah. And it was so cool to have a CD changer in the front because right. back in the 80s in the day, you'd have like a, a changer could, in the trunk. You could hook up, yeah, a changer in the trunk. And yeah. up to 50 CDs, like, and it just oh, took gotta, up half your trunk. Gotta go change the, change the CD. Pull over, honey. I want to listen to the Beach Boys. <laughs> Other newer video formats, such as DVD and Blu-ray, use the same physical geometry as CD, and most DVD and Blu-ray players are backward compatible with audio CDs. Yeah, video game players, too. Exactly. With the advent and popularity of internet-based distribution of files in lossy compressed audio formats such as MP3, sales of CDs began to decline in the 2000s. Yes, because of Napster and LimeWire uh, and yeah. all of these places where you could just essentially steal any music that you yeah, could even was, think of. It was just a pirate's bonanza. Oh my god, <laughs> it was. It was. It, I, I told the story about an ex-girlfriend who yeah. just was addicted to... And it was mostly getting these weird mashups and remixes. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it would just be these weird, disparate songs that weird. somehow came together came into something really kind of okay. amazing. Okay. But yeah, I mean, we had thousands of them. And that's the thing. You could just... And then you just make your own CDs with the right. advent. You know, with the, the... It was the perfect storm of the computer 
Yeah. The CD-ROM, or the CD-RAM, I guess? ROM. ROM. Yeah. And uh, and piracy yeah, yeah. was the end. Because yeah. I remember the Christmas that I bought my ex-girlfriend for Christmas, I bought her a CD writer yeah. and a thing of CDs. Yeah. She flipped yeah. through that like 50 CD thing in like three <laughs> days, man. The best, the best was when uh, they started coming out with the CD players that would read MP3 CDs. That's the thing, yeah. Yeah, you could put like a thousand, the thousand, and it would, yeah. not, not all of them could do it. Yeah. And like some cars I had, not that I had, but cars I saw, like would do that too. So right. it's like you put the CD in, you have a whole library. Yeah. But they didn't, that did not last very long either. No, but that was, it was very important to get one that read MP3s. And I think, yeah. I think the PS3 did that. Oh, did it? Because I remember, you know, being able to, or PS2 maybe did that yeah. because we had a PS2, the girlfriend that's, at the time. Yeah, that's And I right. think we were yeah. able to put the, the That would have been around that time. 100 yeah. songs on the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so between 2000 and 2008, despite overall growth in music sales and one anomalous year of increase, major label CD sales declined overall by 20%. As of 2012, CDs made up only 34% of music sales in the United States. That still seems a little high. It is high. It's a third third of the sales. Yeah. Like, uh, it doesn't but, seem horrible for, yeah. for outdated technology. By 2015, only 24% of music in the United States was purchased on physical media, two-thirds of those consisting of CDs. Wow. Uh, however, in the same year in Japan, over 80% of music was bought on CDs and other physical formats. Yeah, because the Japanese are smart. They know that they want to own what they own. Yes. They don't want to have yes. the... the be the digital frontier that could be taken away from you taken away from you at any time. In 2018, US CD sales were 52 million units, less than 6% of the peak sales volume in 2000. So I mean it's it's still going pretty strong. Yeah. Uh, in the UK 32 million units were sold, almost 100 million fewer than in 2008. During the 2010s, the increasing popularity of solid state media and music streaming services caused automakers to remove autom- automotive CD players in favor of mini jack auxiliary inputs. Wired connections to USB devices and wireless Bluetooth connections. Yeah. Yeah, kind of the death. I mean, that's and it's really at the end of the day, it's like, well, what do I need the CD for? Like, it's uh, the new car I got doesn't even have a CD player anymore. Yeah, I, it, yes. It, uh, well, that's just the also the auto companies being greedy and being like, well, what, what can we take out? Well, that's what they viewed CD players as using a valuable space and taking up weight, which can be reallocated to large, to more popular features like large touch screens, okay. which is what you need in a car. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's safe. Hey, I have an idea. While you're driving, play your games on your large touchscreen. Uh, finally, we can get rid of that 50-pound CD player that we had to put in the car. <laughs> By 2021, only Lexus and General Motors were still including CD players as standard equipment with certain vehicles. Oh, that's kind of sad. Yeah. Despite rapidly declining sales year over year, the pervasiveness of the technology lingered for a time, with companies placing CDs in pharmacies, supermarkets, and filling station convenience stores to target buyers less likely to be able to use internet-based distribution. Yep, that's where you used to get all your cassette tapes, was at the <laughs> the car wash. Well, that's a what, big yeah. bin full of yeah. dollar cassettes. Well, that's what now. You go to the dollar store, and it's DVDs. Uh, like I, I, doing that. I bought a DVD for like $1.25. I don't remember what it, oh, it was. Oh, uh, it um Oculus, the movie Oculus. Oh, wow. And I was like, no, like it's $1.25. Like, that's but, awesome. Yeah. Uh, in 2018, Best Buy announced plans to decrease their focus on CD sales. However, while continuing to sell records, sales of which are growing 
during the vinyl revival. CDs continued to be strong in some markets, such as Japan, where 132 million units were produced in, ni- in 2019. Oh, wow. The decline in CD sales has slowed in recent years, and in 2021, CD sales increased in the U.S. for the first time since 2004, with Axios citing its rise to... Young people who are finding they like hard copies of music in the digital age. I, uh, it came at the same time as both physical vinyl and cassette reaching sales levels had not, they had not seen in 30 years. Yeah, the kids, they're also going back to flip phones and... I, I think that it's, that, that the, the pendulum's swinging back and people are like, I do want to own the stuff that I have. Yeah. Like, I want to own that. Well, it's also the nostalgia factor and every generation jumps back 20 years, you know, because yeah. yeah. when I was a That's kid, true. it was... You know, collecting albums and like right. old soul and Motown albums, and, and your your big band albums, <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> and my polka and oompa doompa, <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, it 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 always comes back. Kids want you know, kids want yeah. to do what their grandparents did. I guess I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just they. I mean, at the end of the day, kids want to rebel. I mean, it, it might not be like a conscious thing, but they're like, oh, this is interesting. Like, yeah, I grew up with streaming. I'd rather own the DVD. As a kid, you like owning stuff. You have collections. Yeah. And you like trading stuff with friends. It's still fun to give somebody a mix CD. Back in the uh, early 2000s, I suppose, I used to have a New Year's party all the time mm-hmm. at the place across the hall. One of the things I would do is I would make a mix CD, the Jim Mix. Oh, yeah. As I yeah, call yeah, it, the yeah. Jim Mix 2002. Yeah. And I would put songs from all the things that I were listening to over the, the course year. of the year yeah, yeah. and share it with people that may not have been, you know, right. a, lot of, a lot of snooty NPR morning <laughs> becomes eclectic stuff. Then I was like, mm, you probably haven't heard this. Um, <laughs> But I would make a CD and put it under the tree, and everybody who came to the party got a free CD. I think I, I think one. I got one from you. Yeah. I think. There's then, still people that talk about doing it. it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> no, you I met me, and then you stopped yeah, doing it. Uh, no more. <laughs> uh, if you would have appreciated a little bit more. No. Because of that, other people would give me mix CDs, like Zombie would make a... You know, a mix CD. And and, yeah. and that was fun. And it was fun to, to listen to that. And... Giving your girlfriend or having your girlfriend yeah. give you, you know, I remember getting in a fight with one girlfriend and and her putting a mix CD on my car, you know, to oh, listen yeah. to. And it was yeah. like, oh, and then, ooh, what are the hidden meanings in these songs that she's telling me? And uh, I want to just blow my brains out. But uh, <laughs> I, re- I remember when Zombie gave me a mix CD once and, like, I had no idea what was going on because it had been, like, ten years since someone gave one to oh, me. Oh, yeah. And I was like, are you... Are you in love with me? Yes. Is, this, is this what's happening? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was so confused. But I think, I think, you know, there's that aspect to it. Yeah. Of more than just, it, 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 there's no real, me sharing a playlist with you on Spotify, yeah. it, it it's impersonal. It, it's it not, doesn't have the same. Yeah. But me drawing a cover right. on the CD right. and, and on the CD putting little notes or something and personalizing it yeah. and, and taking the time to thoughtfully take every song and put it on right and burn right. it and decorate it yeah. and hand it to you it shows that you were thinking of somebody and giving a lot of thought yeah yeah and i think you know every generation needs to have that in one way or another this is why i don't open uh digital greeting cards that i get sent because there's literally no point to it yeah i i, I if you're not handing it to me you just you just Filled it out and then sent it to a thousand people. Sure, like, I don't care. It's yeah. impersonal. Yeah, I. I mean, I still open them just because. I don't. 
All right. Well, I'll never send you a greeting. I've never sent one either. But I, yeah, I just. I but don't they get are it. cheap. It is. It's just. It's the it, look. I'm not the best at keeping in touch with people, same, but same. you know, I'm also not a phony about it and sending right. digital greeting cards to everybody. Look, if you send digital greeting cards, <laughs> we're not trying to, to. Oh, I am. I am. Adam is very disappointed in you for doing that. Uh, I kind of understand in this busy day and age, sometimes you just need to do that. If I'm sending a card to somebody, I go and I personally pick it out. And you drop it off at their house and you wait for them to read it in it, front of you. And then it goes into my bedroom and I forget about it and then I send it the next year. <laughs> I got boxes. It's hard for me. to. I don't really throw out cards, I don't think. Yeah. So I, I, I just started doing that because I was like, there's no way. Yeah, like there's so many. box of memories under my bed that I need to go through, but I just don't. I don't. I'm not a... A very nostalgic person. Strangely enough, doing this show, you would think. <laughs> but in terms of, like, memories and revisiting yeah. the no, past same, same. and, and yeah. personally yeah. being nostalgic sure. about life, yeah, I'm very nostalgic when it comes to games and movies and right, shows right. and stuff because that stuff's important. <laughs> but friends and family, people, bleh, people and <laughs> they disappoint you. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I have this thing that I, I need to go through that's just like pictures from when I was a baby oh, all the yeah. way up to, you know, and old watches that I got from ILM and all sorts yeah. of weird stuff in there. When we moved into here, I I did a huge purge and got rid of like 70% of my stuff. Same. And, and it was like, and a lot of it was these like, oh, a bunch of photos from college of yeah. people I never talked to anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't really want to remember this. <laughs> It's like, yeah, uh, that's me, though, and I because I'm not a very nostalgic person. So. No, and I think as you get older, either you, you go one of two ways, which is you live in the past because you're remembering all the great things that yeah. happened, and yeah, you know, or you just kind of forget about the past because it's already happened. And well, yeah, who cares? I, I want to, I'm looking forward, I'm always looking forward, I'm trying to see the new thing, the new fun thing to make new fun memories that I'm never going to think about again. Uh, I don't look forward, I don't look back, <laughs> I just wallow in the crapulence that is now. Uh, but I will say the one, one CD that I held on to, I finally got rid of my collection like a while ago. Um, I tried to do the whole digitizing thing, yeah, it was before Spotify and like all the major streaming, but like I, I held on to one CD, it was a, a Pink Floyd Pulse. Nice. The live CD. It, you still got the light blinking? No, it finally died. But when I bought that, it was like 1999. Yeah. And that light in the spine, there was a light with two AAA batteries. Yep. And that thing blinked for at least 20 years. It was cra- I, My friend Sean yeah. had that as well. And I, I just remember. There was a point when I, I think it was, it was when I had been going through stuff here, like going through and purging more stuff. And I hadn't looked at it since I moved in here. Yeah. And it was like. Oh my god, it's still blinking. Like I yeah. It was crazy. It's yeah, a g- yeah, great yeah. album though. I mean, fantastic. Oh album. yeah. No, I have, under my bed I've got two racks of like you know like the racks, the DVD racks we yeah, have. It's yeah. the same company, but I have two of those Oh, that are just full of CDs. They're just full of CDs. Well, and you've got like booklets or the books that, that Those you... are DVDs. Oh, DVDs. Yeah. Okay. Cuz I used to do that too. Like people would they would get rid of the jewel cases and like just keep the CDs like in a big old 500 page like like book. I had in my car, I had a little sleeve of CDs and like a first generation iPod. Uh-huh. Uh, not the first generation like that looks like a iPhone, but it was the iPod. Yeah. yeah. iPod Touch, I think. I, I Touch. Yes, I think. That uh, you know, completely outdated. Yeah. Yeah. Not worth anything, either of them. <laughs> Just my own personal music and some bastard 
Stole it. Broke Stole it all stole of it. That stuff. I'm just like, what, what are you going to get from those CDs? Yeah. You know, nothing. Yeah. It's just you being a jerk. That's, that's funny because the last time my car got broken into, which I haven't had a car in a while, but the last time I got broken into, I had like a $200 like voice recorder like, oh, wow. in the car. Totally ignored it. <laughs> like just rifled through my glove compartment. There was nothing important. And then he just, and I think he looked at it and was like, I don't know what this is. Yeah. And then left. Granted, I had to pay 200 bucks to get my window replaced. But well, this, yeah, I don't know how they got into the car, but it just blows. It was, it was the mini. It was in oh, the yeah. parking space. Oh, the weird. Apartment. Yeah, they, weird. they got in and stole wow. all the music. and Stupid. Got out. Yeah, it's just, it's, that's just being mean because you're not getting any money for any of that. No. You no. Know? What is that? That's, Yeah. It's like breaking into someone's house and stealing all their family photos. But I still, I still, I have a couple, there's some hip hop mix CD I've got in the car that I'll play sometimes. And and I'll occasionally pop a CD in, you know, or a mix CD that I, 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 when I had my sleeve, I would play a lot of CDs because I still enjoyed the, the, the mixes people gave me. Yeah. And that's the one thing that's sad about having that stolen is there right. were a lot of really right. personal, right. really great mix CDs from ex-girlfriends or f- friends or whatever yeah. that, that I, you know, I'll never be able to recreate. Yeah. The only, the only other CDs I held on to were friends' bands that, like, I had bought, like, at their shows right. and, and stuff that wasn't available on streaming. Funny. Most of them now are on Spotify, but like it's, you know, I mean, they're not really bands anymore, but like, you know, there's a couple of CDs that has music on it that you can't get anywhere else. Well, I think the, I think the big takeaway from this month is physical media is still something you probably want to have. Yeah. I get it. I get, we want to all unclutter our homes and we want to be streamlined and not have any of this stuff around, but. You're going to miss it. I mean, it's nice to have even a small collection of your favorite yeah. stuff just yeah. to have it, just in case. You know, have your top 10 albums or your top 20 albums on right. CD or right. have your top 20 movies on Blu-ray or just something that that you have when all of this goes away. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't go insane because you have no entertainment. I mean, right. they're, they're can you imagine? it? That would actually be a good movie. Okay, listen up, Hollywood. So we have a apocalyptic movie, okay? Something happens and gets rid of all the internet and all streaming that there is. And so now we have the media wars. <laughs> so it's like everybody fighting over DVDs and CDs and, yeah. and tapes and records and video games. It's all the physical media wars. <laughs> and so <laughs> everybody's – that's our currency. Right. And that's how we, yeah. you know – I think it's a winner, babe. Oh, you have an original printing of the Jaws DVD? I would kill you for it. <laughs> we are going to duel for that DVD. I have the original trilogy of Star Wars. <laughs> Unadulterated. What? I thought those were gone. And everybody bows down. Ooh, yeah, oh. You are our new emperor. <laughs> yub nub, yub nub. Anyway, All right. take it, Hollywood. It's yours. Yeah, yeah. So CDs, they're fun. I, it, I, I do miss CDs. Um but, uh, but same, like I, I have a very small collection now. It's stuff that I really want, and, and that's it. And let us know. Let us know if you're still buying CDs, if you got a few that you held on to, what was your first, what's your best, what's your favorite. We'd love yeah. to hear from you. Uh, and like I said, I think my favorite was my uh, New Order. Yeah. 
Yeah. I just love Bizarre Love Triangle, baby. It's such a I'm good song. I'm never gonna go, never gonna go back on my Pearl Jam ten. Pearl Jam. All right, we'll be back next week. We're gonna cover one of the greatest gaming consoles of all time. Atari. Don't call me. Welcome to your next fight. God, if I don't get it on the first time, it'll bump my burgers. Are you gonna say the CD or just CD? Oh. uh... Today's show is I all think about we should say the CD. The CD yeah. and then compact disc. I like and the then, way did Yeah, that. okay. Okay. <clears throat> Welcome to the Gen X Files. I'm Jim. I'm Adam. And today's show is all about the, the CD. Com- oh, oh. I'm so fucking stupid. <laughs> 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 just went over it, We dummy. literally just went over this. Oh, God. <laughs> Welcome to the Gen X Files. I'm Jim. I'm Adam. And today's show is all about the, the CD. Compact, the compact disc. Di- oh, shit. I thought we were going to say that compact. Oh, just compact disc. All right. This could take eight hours to do the show just to get, <laughs> for my dumbass to get the opening done. Sony contributed the error correction method. Wow. I can't say method. I can say method. <laughs> Sony contributed the error correction method. <laughs> 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 you uh wow. caught my All right. mouth bug. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming, Remington Steel, already in progress. <laughs> <laughs>